All right. Uh, as I've said in the past uh, few weeks that I'm giving, thanks, Rick, uh, giving our, our people a chance to share. And so this morning, uh, my, my good friend Doug Shreve is coming up here to uh, give a, a word. So, Lord, I just pray that you speak through Doug today and that you uh, just let him enjoy his time up here as he shares your word. I trust you and him. And I pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. I always like it when Rick comes up and sings and has his boys here. Uh, it's kind of fun to sit in the back today and sing the songs and stuff. Uh, I can remember with my mom singing next to me. You guys probably, when you were growing up, did you sing hymns and stuff like that? Um my mom, like picture me, like, I don't know, like my boy's age and in a pew and my mom, man, she would just hit those soprano notes <laughs> and she had hit them with a lot of confidence. And I remember my sisters and I kind of like, Oof. <laughs> but you should hear Brent Sutton sing, man, he, he is really good. I, I was right next to him. He is it wasn't like my mom. I was kind of, yeah, that's good. That's, that's, that's good. <laughs> Sitting in the back is fun, too. Normally, we're late to about everything. I've always been late to everything in my life. I've just, I, I, I you know, just kind of leisurely approach life. And um, uh, sitting in the back is just kind of fun. You know, one of my favorite Bible verses is uh, Proverbs fifteen thirteen, and it the first half of it just says, a happy heart makes the face cheerful. And I saw Jeremy Chastain roll in, and he was just happy. He must have had a good cup of coffee going or something. But you reminded me of that verse today, Jeremy. Uh, Jeff, th this message is for you, Jeff. and uh, Or I should say, this message is for you by me and Jeff. And um, it's really cool that you're talking about Joseph, because that's what we're going to talk about today. And um, sometimes things just click together like that. And it's, it's a way to uh, build confidence. I was having a Starbucks coffee this morning, and my dad sent me a text um, that kind of matched up what I wanted to talk with you guys about today. And my dad really likes John he likes Mark and John in the Bible. He sent me this, uh, John sixteen thirty three. It says, The things I have spoken to you, so that in me you may have peace. In the world you may have tribulation, but take courage. I have overcome the world. And that, again, just kind of syncs up with what I wanted to talk about today. The, um, the Bible's got to make sense, like, the whole thing. It's got to come together. And so if it's old, if it's New Testament, it, it doesn't matter. You know, the Lord is present with you. He, he is going through things with you. He's, uh, you know, he's giving you his spirit so that you can help make some sense out of stuff. And so I hope that today um, you see or that you're reminded that you have purpose in 2019. With whatever you've got going on, you've got purpose going on. If you are riding pretty high, great. If you're in a pit, I uh, want to just encourage you that the Lord is with you. His presence is with you. And um, 
that's enough. That, that, that is enough. So uh, we're going to start here. And, and, you know, as you guys talk about Leavener and the community, I think back to, I think this is our 10th year being here. I think that's right. Because um, in 2008, I'd had five years from 2003 to about 2008 where this guy would tell me stuff about my life that I'd think, what the heck is he talking about? That is a weird thought. I'm not sure that even matches up with anything I know about Christianity. And he would say stuff like, who told you that? Or why do you think of that? <laughs> and in, it was in 2008 that I decided I was going to prove this guy wrong by studying the stuff that changed his life. And I started to study um, uh, Bob Warren's Romans books, and uh, or his Romans lesson. And I, I did it by myself just kind of quietly, and I just fell in love with it. I couldn't believe what I was reading. I, I had so much fun studying this stuff, Caroline could tell you. I'd come home, and I'd even stay up to like 2 in the morning studying this stuff, just having so much fun being changed, being new. And so it was 10 years ago that um, really God started to speak even some new dreams into my life. And that's what he does when you spend time with him. He, he gives you some dreams. So if you know the story of Joseph, it's a really good one. Uh, it starts off when he's 17, and it ends when he's 110. And we're going to start at 110. And so if you have a Bible, if you've got um, a Bible app, if you uh, have the Google on your phone, um, we're going to start in the end, and it's Genesis chapter 50, verse 19. And here we go. But Joseph said to them, do not be afraid, for am I in God's place? As for you, you meant evil against me, but God meant it for good in order to bring this present result, to preserve my people alive. So therefore, do not be afraid. I will provide for you and for your little ones. So he comforted them and he spoke kindly to them. If you uh, have been hanging out with the junior high kids, uh, you've been learning about what love is for the past two years. And you know that uh, part of love is kindness, not keeping a record of wrong. And Joseph, he displayed that to his brothers. Go back and read this whole story. I mean, they, I think they made a movie about his life once, but it, it's just a great story. So go back and check it out. So now we're going to skip over to verse, I'm sorry, to chapter 37, and we're going to learn a little bit about Joseph. This is a radical story, a radical story of forgiveness. It's heroic redemption. It's all that stuff in mind. So... Now Jacob lived in the land where his father had sojourned. Sojourn is just, that's where he like temporarily hung out for a bit. In the land of Canaan. And these are the records of the generations of Jacob. Joseph, when he was 17 years of age. So we've got a teenager here. He's 17 years old. Any of you guys 17 years old out there? Do you remember what it was like when you were 17 years old? Uh, did, did you have it all figured out? Were you the good kid? Were you the kid who needed some correction? I mean, we have a 17-year-old teenager that this story is about. So keep that in mind. 
keep in mind what you might have been like at 17, or if you're parenting a 17-year-old, I don't know what that's like. LJ just turned 14. I'll know in a couple years. But you're 17 years old, okay? So we've got a 17-year-old, and he was out uh, pastoring and shepherding the flock with his brothers while he was still a youth. And he was with a ton of brothers. Like back then, Jacob had like, I don't know how many, what, four wives? I mean, that's probably where the problems begin right there. I I mean, what the heck are these guys doing? So he had a whole bunch of wives, and then he's got all these sons, all right? And so they're all hanging out. And let me tell you about Jacob real quick. So Jacob got the name Israel, and does anybody know how he got that name? He's like 90 years old in a wrestling match with God. And I love to watch Seinfeld. I can't remember all the episodes. But there was this workout guy. Do you remember him? Man of Fire. <laughs> yeah. And I, do you guys know who he is? I guess like what I picture him, I think, but, but I think Jacob was more bad than him, you know. But, but anyway, I mean, a wrestling match with God. And God's like, okay, now your name's Israel. All right. So that's a little story about Jacob. Jacob was also, he's a trickster. Uh, he was the uh, brother of Esau. Esau, I think, was a pretty bad dude. He would like to hunt and all this stuff. And uh, he came back from, I guess, hunting for food. And he was starving. And Jacob was, like, sitting around making some stew or something. And he basically, Esau was really hungry. And he said, hey, I'll give you some of what I've got to eat. I think it's like beans and stuff. Uh, and he traded his whole inheritance for like a bowl of beans. So, so Jacob's trickster. So Jacob, he, he, he does some, he's, he's doing some shenanigans again. Um, and uh, Jacob, he loved Joseph more than all of his sons because he was the son of his old age. That's just like a little bit of why he loved Joseph the most. He loved Joseph the most because Jacob, one of the gals he was married to is Rachel. And he loved Rachel from the start. He pursued Rachel. I mean, the stuff that he had to do in order to get Rachel, check it out. It's a few pages to the left of what I'm reading today. It is amazing what he endured to pick up Rachel. And so he loved Rachel. And finally, Rachel has a son, and it's Joseph. And so because Joseph is Rachel's son, he loved Joseph the most. There's another son that comes later, but, but for right now, it's, it's just it's Joseph. And he loved him so much that he made him a very colored tunic, which would be like, kind of like a robe. And his brothers saw that their father loved him more than all of his brothers, and so they hated him and could not speak to him on friendly terms. Then Joseph had a dream, and he told it to his brothers. They hated him even more. He said to them, please listen to this dream for which I've had. Behold, we are binding sheaves in the field, and lo, my sheaf rose, and it stood erect, 
And behold, your sheaves gathered around and bowed down to my sheep. Then his brother said to him, Are you actually going to reign over us? Are you really going to rule over us? So they hated him even more for his dreams and for his words. Now, he still had another dream and related it to his brothers. And he said, Lo, I've still had another dream. And behold, the sun and the moon and the eleven stars bow down to me. He related it to his father and to his brothers. And his father rebuked him and said to him, What is this dream that you've had? Shall I and your mother and your brothers actually come to bow ourselves down before you on the ground? And his brothers were jealous even more. So here's what we got going on here. We've got some bad dad problems. We've got a trickster. And you've got generations of this. Like we could even go back a couple more. And so you've got some, some bad daddy stuff going on that's being passed down the line. You've got some uh, brothers that hate you. Um, his mom dies later. Uh, and then you tell them that they're going to, you tell the brothers that they're going to bow down to you. So, so you've got all this happening. And you th- you, it's easy to read this and think, ah, poor Joseph. Man, poor, poor guy. He's got all these things going on. But Joseph, he made some really bad mistakes. You got to remember, he's 17 years old. But Joseph made, I think, three really uh, big mistakes. Uh, the first mistake he, he made is he was a tattletale. Now, Caroline and I have four boys, and so tattletaling happens all the time. Dad, he's still on his phone. Dad, he's up in his room with his headphones on. I mean, we, we hear this stuff constantly. But Joseph, uh, he was a tattletale because in verse 2, he says, uh, where is it here? Yeah, while he was out with his brothers, Joseph brought back a bad report to, about them to his father. And so Joseph was probably, Dad, you're not going to believe what these guys are doing. They're on their iPhones. They're not even paying attention. You know, we're going to lose everything. And so he brings back this bad report. He said, Joseph was a tattletale. Um, the other thing he did, he did is he told his dreams to uh, folks who don't like him. And so if you ever have some dreams and some plans and you're really excited about them, probably not a good idea to tell them to people who don't like you. Um, and then the, the third mistake he made is he sported the tunic around. And so he, he rolled up to the, uh, to the brothers while they were probably wearing some, I don't know, some brown or gray. And he rolled up in this multicolored, flashy, flamboyant thing. And, uh, he, he you're, you're going to get hit on that one. And so he, 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 he just lived life in the tunic. And so, uh, Joseph had some gifts. I mean, he, he had dreams, he could interpret dreams, but he really lacked some maturity. And those, those three things show it. He's 17 years old. So that's what's going on so far. And I guess as you're thinking through the story of Joseph and you think about it with what you know today, you have been made new. If you're in Christ, 
You've been made new. You've been made complete. You're righteous. You've been made holy. You're completely forgiven. But your character might need some work. And sometimes that takes time. Uh, You may be going through some stuff where the next step is it's actually worse than where you were. And maybe even two more steps where it's worse. It's like, God, where are you in this? You tell me you love me. You tell me that you've made me new. What's going on? Why am I in this situation? And uh, I I don't know the answer to that. But I, I can tell you that he is with you. He will not leave you. He will comfort you. He may use people in here to do that, or he might just do it himself. And there's a lot of stories about this. Like you think about Daniel and the lion's den. God didn't just like loft him out of there and everything was okay. Uh, he was with him in the lion's den. And then my, my favorite Old Testament Bible story is uh, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. When they're in the fiery furnace, there was another dude in there with them. And that person is with you when you're going through whatever it is you're going through. And I, we've been here 10 years. I've seen a lot of what you've gone through. And then some of you have seen what I've gone through. And so we've been able to be there together, but the Lord is with you at all times. And so it just takes some maturing along the way. As we walk along here, the brothers went to the pasture of their father's flock in Shechem. Israel, Jacob, said to Joseph, Are not your brothers pasturing the flock in Shechem? Come, and I will send you to them. And he said, I will go. And so we started this story with Joseph hanging out with the brothers, right? He was, he was watching the, the flock. And now we're at the place where he was not invited. They're like, let's leave before Joseph wakes up, you know, or whatever. They got out of there. They did not want to be with him. And so he was not with them. But he said, I will go. And then he said to him, go now and see about the welfare of your brothers and the welfare of the flock and bring word back to me. So he sent him to the valley of Hebron and he came to Shechem. A man found him and behold, he was wandering in the field. So picture Joseph walking around looking for his brothers. Hey, fellas. I don't know if they had a cowbell. I don't don't know how they, what they did, but he's looking for his brothers. And this man finds him. He says, uh, I'm looking for my brothers. Please tell me where they are pasturing the flock. Then the man says, they have moved on from here. For they said, let's go to Dothan. So Joseph went after his brothers and found them in Dothan. And when they saw him from a distance and before he came close to them, they plotted against him to put him to death. They said to one another, here comes the dreamer. Now then, come and let us kill him and we'll throw him in one of the pits and we'll say a wild beast devoured him. Then let us see what becomes of his dreams. But Reuben heard this and rescued him out of their hands and said, let us not take his life. Reuben further said to them, shed no blood. Throw him into the pit that is in the wilderness, but do not lay hands on him that he might rescue him 
out of, their fa- out of his hands to restore him to his father. So it came about when Joseph reached his brothers that they stripped him of the tunic, of the very colored tunic that was on him, and they took him and threw him into the pit. The pit was empty and without water. And so here's Joseph going to see what's going on and then give his report to his dad. And his brothers decide, we're going to kill him. Joseph didn't create the pit. He didn't dig the pit. But he is thrown into the pit. You ever been there? I've done some self-inflicting wounds <laughs> where, where I did create the pit. I threw myself into the pit. But in this, in this one, Joseph, he's righteous. He, he, he did none of that. He was, he was thrown into the pit himself. And there was no water. There was no nourishment. There was nothing good about it. He was just there alone. I cannot imagine the fear, the anxiety that he must have had hearing his brothers talking about how they're going to kill him. Cannot imagine what that would have been like. And it's interesting here, Reuben, he was the firstborn. Firstborn back then received a double inheritance. But you got to remember, Joseph was the favorite. And so Reuben, he knows Joseph's going to receive this double inheritance. So he's really jealous. He also knows that if he saves Joseph's life, maybe my dad will uh, reconsider this whole inheritance thing. And so he does. And so everybody's kind of looking out for themselves at this point. So I tell you what, guys, if you want to see the supernatural take place, the kind of stuff where you don't ask one of your friends or post on Facebook or uh, tell somebody what you're looking for. If you, if you want to see the supernatural place and you're in a pit and you're tired of talking about it or you just don't want to talk about it, know God is there with you and I guarantee you in time you're going to see something break through and it's, it's just going to be amazing. And, uh, and that's what ends up happening in this story. As we go on a little bit, they sat down to eat a meal. I thought that was just cold-hearted. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> talking about killing somebody, they're like, who's hungry? <laughs> I mean, it's, it's crazy to me. Uh, but they sat down to eat a meal, and as they raised their eyes and looked, Behold, a caravan of Ishmaelites were coming from Gilead with their camels bearing aromic gum and balm and myrrh and on their way down to Egypt. Judah, and this is the same, this is the same Judah that the lineage of Christ comes from, like Boaz and David and all these cool dudes. This is Judah. Here we go. What's Judah say? Judah said to his brothers, Hey, what profit is it for us to kill our brother and cover up his blood? Come and let us sell him to the Ishmaelites and not lay our hands on him. For he is our brother, our own flesh. And the other brothers listened to him. And so they literally sold him into slavery. Then some Midianite traders passed by 
So they pulled him up and lifted Joseph out of the pit and sold him to the Ishmaelites for 20 shekels of silver. Thus they brought Joseph to Egypt. So they sold their brother. Joseph, 17 years old, loved by his father, daddy's number one, sporting the multicolored stuff like royalty, is stripped of something very important to him, a gift, a valuable gift, a gift with meaning. He's stripped of this thing that was his identity, the thing that covered him up, the thing that clothed him. Maybe some of you have had something really important stripped from you. Maybe that thing was once something that you really cherished. Maybe it was a relationship you really cherished, but, but you, can, you can picture what this might have been like for Joseph. He's stripped. He's thrown into a pit. There's no water there. There's nothing. He's overhead. His brothers are talking about plans for him. He has no control. He can't climb out. They're going to kill him. They're going to sell him. He gets sold into slavery at age 17. And I just can't even imagine what that was like, that journey into Egypt. It couldn't have been pleasant. But we, get, we started this thing in chapter 50 for a reason. And we started this thing in chapter 50 so that we could say, this is how it turned out. This is the whole story. He was 110 when he died. Through 17 to 110, he was able to mature. He was able to see some things. He was able to experience God providing for him. He was able to experience God giving him gifts to interpret dreams, which later influenced kings. And so wherever you are right now, if you are in this pit, if you've been sold into slavery, if you're moving to a place that you've never been, you have no community, you have no family, God is with you. And He's always with you. And He's going to see you through it. And so, when we fast forward to the end of 50, verse 25, Joseph says, God will surely take care of you. So I just want to encourage you today that God has purpose for your life. There's going to be some just downright evil stuff you're going to encounter. You might even process some thoughts that lead to some really big mistakes. But take courage. Take courage knowing that God can work things out for His glory and for His good. And you're a part of that. You are a part of His story being written about you. And so don't lose faith. Just keep going. Keep going. Don't just keep going. So I'll go ahead and pray and then we can get out of here. Lord, I thank You for the way you operate. This story is about you. 
And Joseph just happens to be one of the characters that you're going to use to help us understand, to help us see that you do provide. I thank you that you provide for us. I thank you that you give us hope. Pray for all my friends in here that their eyes would be open to the truth of your hope. Lord, we just look forward to celebrating the successes of the battles that you're winning with our friends in here. Pray you give us confidence to move forward through this week. And thank you again, Lord, for this place, common hearts and common interests together. It's in Jesus' name, amen. Nice work.